Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me as always is Ben Slinger. I, oh, I just, as you did that intro, I was like, you said the wrong name. And I was like, no, that is your name. Like, my name comes first when I am, am hosting the episode. Yes, anyway, hi, I'm you Ben You're not Slinger. hosting this week. No, <laughs> I'm not. But welcome to Bitstorm. Uh, yeah, look, Hi. How's it going? Good. Can you tell the difference in my voice this week? Yeah, listen to last week's episode. All the people who didn't listen, (laughs) listen to last week's episode, listen to this week's episode, and now hear the rich warmness of Trevor's voice. That's right. I got myself a new microphone. Yeah, so, hey, it's E3 this week. Big announcements and things, which we're going to mostly ignore because we don't talk about real games on this show. No, of course we don't. But it's an exciting week for games. Um... There was one thing I kind of wanted to bring up. Uh, you know, there's a bit of a, there's a lot of love and a bit of ridiculous hate over the fact that there was the on-screen lesbian kiss between Ellie from The Last of Us and whoever else, because I didn't actually watch it because I don't watch trailers, but I am aware of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Have you seen this? Uh, I've heard of, have not watched. Okay. Anyway, my point was we try to be quite diverse on this show and try to add representation for people who, you know, usually games, so many games are just white men, white cisgendered men, and, you know, we think it's important to have representation. So, I thought this week, every character (laughs) in all of our games (laughs) is gay. (laughs) But- Okay. It's not actually going to change the way we do anything because the thing is like, we'll often, we try to have women because, you know, we generally use pronouns. Uh, and so that is something that's somewhat obvious. Most of the time, someone's sexual preferences don't come up in the gameplay ideas that we come up with. Uh, if they probably won't tonight, I'm not saying we attempt to, you know, put them in there in any additional way necessarily, but no, just not. from that point of view of representation, if it does come up, then, then they are in a same sex relationship. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't, if it doesn't then- come up, well, you can just be aware of the fact that they are a character who is gay <laughs> or possibly trans or this is the thing. I think there needs to be more representation out there for just characters who aren't defined by their sexuality or their gender. So anyway, I, I think that that's an important thing. And I thought we'd do that tonight. And if we do come up with some games that involve relationships, well, they'll be same sex relationships. But if we don't, then yeah, they're just. They're just Sounds good LGBTQIA plus characters doing stuff. So, with that, shall we play some Click Bitch? Yes? Yes. <laughs> yes. You took a while to decide. Did you Not have- in the edit, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to tell the audience what Click Bitch is all about? Oh, fair enough. So, Click Pitch is a game where we both have a random word generator in front of us. On the count of three, two, one, click, we're going to click refresh and get ourselves a word. We're going to mash those words together and create a brain baby. That could be a awesome game, or it could be a funny game, or it could be a shitty game. It could be a <laughs> shitty baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, three, two, one, click. Sugar. <laughs> my, name, my word is sugar. Baroque. Baroque. Like B-A-R-O-Q-U-E, not I just yes. just like <laughs> put some accent on the word broke. Baroque. Baroque. Um so I don't know enough about like art and architecture to know mm-hmm. exactly what Baroque means. 
But I did just um, look it up on Google. <laughs> same here. It's a highly ornate and often extravagant style of architecture, art, and music that flourished in Europe from the early 17th century until the late 18th century. All right. So, let's kind of just take it as- uh, the time period, obviously, and yes. maybe to do with, like, aristocratic kind of uh, culture, rather than specifically trying to get into any of the, like, actual architecture and art and what it meant. Yeah. I'm th- okay, so I'm seeing that this is set in, Fr- in France. Set in French, yep. Uh, during, you know, the 17th, 18th century. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm picturing King Louis. Sure. Um, One of them. With his sort of, like, powdered face and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'm picturing that you're playing a a chef, okay, that has to create like um, the most awesome desserts. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, yeah, that's um, interesting. But because it's such early times, I'm now picturing you know the sort of hard hard sort of things that they're going to have to get through, like um, infestations of of roaches and right, fleas. Actually, and- actually, so I like the idea of creating cakes. Um, mm-hmm. I like the style. I think to do something we don't usually do, let's make this a digital card game where okay. <laughs> different cards in your hands let you put like different layers of cake down or like different um, like types of icing or decorations or whatever. And so it's sort of a maybe a bit of a deck builder almost where, yeah, you, and I don't know if it's a competitive thing, could be competitive. I don't know. I feel like uh, for some some reason, something about that setup made me think, oh, this would be an interesting game where you're like, that's a bit more gamey. That's a bit cut. Like, yeah. You, you, so, you sort of, you have to put down a base of a certain like width that needs to be able to hold everything that comes on top of it. Right. So, you've got to use your sort of wider cake bits earlier on because yep. you have like there can be rules about what sorts of cake bits can go on, on top of what sorts of other things. Like maybe everything has a weight or something. <laughs> Okay. Um, so what I'm also seeing is that maybe you can be going up against someone else. Mm-hmm. So the competitiveness comes from you're both trying to build the best cake that you can. Of course. Look, these fucking kings and stuff, I'm sure they had people like bloody chefs competing to make the best thing for them and then executed the yep. other one. <laughs> so the other things that you have in your deck building mm-hmm. is that you can- you can have basically attack cards that you can throw out and say, this is what, you've, <laughs> yeah. what you're now dealing with. But they still have um, to be cake-based. Oh, no. I'm thinking, you know, roaches and mice and rats and, like, some sort of um, disease or um, they- <laughs> All right, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. got a- Yep. They got a, a whiff of some, of some um, you know, really, really bad <laughs> Theo because, obviously, there's no deodorant back here. So- <laughs> All right, yeah, you, can, I, you can have different attacks. I like the idea of attack cards. I think that it should be things like, do you know how in, like in Munchkin, when you loot the room, yep. if you pick something, like if you pick a curse up or something, then it goes into your hand versus if you kick open the door and pick up a curse, it does apply to you. Oh, yep, I yep. think you have an aspect I of like that. that. I think you can also, and again, perhaps sort of like Munchkin, because you've got your cake cards and it might be, you know, base layer, second, like first layer, second layer. I don't, I don't know how we'd exactly- classify them but some are bigger some are smaller you probably don't want to put the biggest one you know when it wants you up to the fifth layer of your cake because you're not gonna be able to put it on there but if you've got the right card you can like fling it at the other cake <laughs> and that and then the heavier the better right because it's actually gonna it, destroy it's like a monster card exactly from, um- yeah it's gonna it's gonna destroy more of the other person's cake like maybe it actually takes out that many points like of um of their cake 
off the top or something. And you roll it. You roll a um a die to mm. like a six sided die to say what what layer you're throwing it at. <laughs> yes, yes. So, and if so it's, if, and if it's built bigger, three, if it's bigger or even or equal, then it will just take it out completely. And so if you get like yeah, if you get like the third layer and they are up to five, but you throw a you throw a six uh six wit weight cake at it. <laughs> Then chances are you'll take out that, and it takes down the, the layers above it as well. Yeah, I like that. That's actually like really that cool. And then you could also have things because I was thinking, like, okay, maybe there's like a knife card that either lets you take a layer off your cake, or with the right maybe compare com- like other card, or again, or roll the dice, lets you just take the top layer off the other person's cake, right? Yeah. So to take it off your own, it might be to put something better on because you've got a card that is is better than what you previously put on there. Mm-hmm. Um, or yeah, obviously, like if they've put something cool, maybe it's actually to steal it. Maybe you can actually steal it with the knife because you can like cut it off cleanly. And yeah, I think that's really cool. I think there could be some really cool stuff you could do there, particularly because you're having to work from the bottom up as you play the cards. But then as you're destroying the other people, you're mostly having to work from like the top down. Um, unless well- you do, yeah, like take out a middle layer. I, I think you could also have like a, a different sort of um, setup, so that if if all you've got in your hand are uh, um, top le- top level cake cards, you can start by building the top level, but um, you you can't combine the base level and the top level until you get like a um, a stand card or something like that. So yeah, you can- yeah, yeah. I think you definitely have to have the right combination, and you're just, you're sort of you're trying to build the most extravagant extravagant cake, right? So yes, you've got like, and let's say you just do it with numbers. Like the widest base is like a six, um, with the smallest sort of cake piece being a one, but you can put stuff in between that, right? So if you put down, yeah, like you might have a stand. So if you've got that at the beginning, you can play that first. But of course, the stand might only fit a three, so you, that means you can't play those four, five, or six cake cards that you got if you no, if you yet. if you want to play them on the stand. Well, and even then, like I think to put a higher cake card on top of something else, maybe there are special cards that are like fucking gravity-defying complex things <laughs> that manage to put a six on top of a three cake. But um, yeah, like there's strategy around that, around how big you start to be able to finish it, and yeah, I, I think there's some really cool stuff you can do there. So what what I'd love to see in the graphic department is yes you've got all the like cards flipping out and all that sort yeah. of stuff but when you play a card like you see a visual representation of what you've just of played of the cake yeah definitely cake yeah definitely as it builds and you and all you see of your of your um of your other players like that you're going up against whether it be AI or, or mm. not, is you just see the visual representation yeah, of the cake just see the building cake. up. I'm actually picturing it in 3D like quite nice graphics. Like quite, mm. quite nice graphically in 3D, you've sort of got your hand down in front, you've got your cake on one side, and then sort of across the room, maybe even slightly out of focus, unless you decide to have a close look at it, you've got the other person's cake, and sort of as they play their cards, you sort of see pieces of that come together. Or obviously, if there are attacks happening, then you have some visual representation of that too. I love the idea of a giant, you know, six point cake piece coming flying across and just taking out the top <laughs> four layers of your cake. So I think when when you actually see, like when they're doing the kick open the door move, you know, to flip up flip up a, a card, a new card yep. um, you actually see that card at that point. Yes, and then it then it turns into the animation of whatever hat whatever. Yeah, they so it to could do with be it. rats or whatever, right? Like those sorts of things could happen as well. And you know, rats might just maybe they do things like because they eat a piece of the cake, maybe they take a point off one of your cake pieces, right? So if you put a six at the bottom. <laughs> Uh, it now becomes a five. Yeah, exactly. But if you'd put another six on top of it, now you've got a five holding a six and your entire cake collapses, right? 
Um, so again, it's more strategy around how you structure that cake. Because yeah, you could yep. you could put six 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 and make this big huge three layer base. Um, but yeah, if the rats come and eat that bottom layer of your cake, then the cake can no longer support what's above it. So I think what you've got is you've got maybe oh, I'm trying to think maybe you've got five rounds to actually correct this, otherwise it's going to actually fall. But if it, if it gets down to like it's got one health left, you've got one round sort of thing. Yeah, I think I think so in five rounds is maybe too many. Depending, I mean, depending on how the flow of the game goes. But yeah, if you've got, yeah. you might have cards where you can just like slap a whole bunch of fondant in there to like <laughs> fill the gaps, and it's going to take away from your eventual taste score, but it's going to save the rest of your cake, so you don't have to start over completely. So I'm think I'm thinking because this is in like the 17th, 18th century, mm-hmm. it's all fruit cakes. So there's no mud cakes, there's no chocolate, there's no oh, nothing no, like no, that. I it's don't all think just it's pretty heavy, heavy ass fruit cake. solid cake. <laughs> definitely definitely which just makes it even better when it gets thrown across the room but uh yeah look i don't think we need to go into anything around different types of cake it's really just about the presentation of it even taste like yeah. there maybe is a taste factor but it's really not that important um <laughs> yeah awesome. i really like that and then of course we didn't even talk about just decorative stuff right um you know you can have layers in between the actual cake pieces which are the sort of yeah the little mini like stand pieces that might lift a piece you know a cake above something else yep. and they can have different complexities and different you know uh, different weights they can handle or something and yeah yeah so much cool Sounds stuff cool. okay three to one click all right trumpet formulation hmm. Hmm. trumpet formulation maybe this is a game where you affect chemical processes through music <laughs> <laughs> um, or maybe you're just a chemist who really is into sort of big band brass instruments. Jazz music. Yeah. <laughs> or you're making formula, like doing formulas to jazz music. So it's sort to- of slightly oh. out of time. So there's a bit of, maybe it just comes down to this, this character is, um, is just a sort of non-conformist chemist. And so they talk about their chemistry like jazz. It's like chemistry is like jazz. It's it's the bits in between the molecule in between the molecules that that count. It's the molecules you don't see. <laughs> oh, that's very interesting. <laughs> All right. Well, no. Let's let's explore that from a characterization point of view. Maybe we just start with a character. Okay. So a chemist who is really into jazz music, and perhaps plays in a jazz band, playing the trumpet. Mm-hmm. Uh, what sort of story about a chemist could we come up with? Maybe, like, presumably there's some sort of drama around, uh, well, I guess it's, is it, are they particularly extraordinary or are they just find themselves sort of thrown into a situation where their chemistry skills end up kind of uh, being, being useful? I'm kind of thinking, thinking point and click adventure ish, just because that's yeah, where we go here. with narrative stuff. I like the idea of a point and click adventure where most of your inventory is just different chemical solutions. <laughs> <laughs> there was actually a game kind of similar to that, which was Freddy Farkas. That's true. Yeah, that was an Allo, uh, the the one Allo game I think that he did uh, that wasn't Legendary Larry. Uh, no, he also did Torrens Passage. Well, aren't you just the little Sierra expert? And Classic Sierra. Black Cauldron. Did he? <laughs> yeah, that's really he weird that he did that. like the kids' games and Legendary Larry. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I was just thinking about like you've got all these because chem- there's such a trope of the point and click adventure that you just try every inventory item on everything, right? I think this is a game where you can't do that, 
because literally if you you know try your hydrochloric acid solution on on anything else it just dissolves it and you lose the game (laughs) 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 so you can't just go around inventory spamming every usable object Uh, yeah you don't want to get that magnesium near water yeah exactly yeah so there's a real chemical knowledge from the player that's necessary as well uh, oh, and there's got to be no like mention of it anywhere in in like the actual game. Of chemistry, it's just got to be of chemistry. It's just um, I'm thinking like the old Sierra games. It's all in the manual. <laughs> it's just a textbook. It just, it just comes with like a seventh grade chemistry textbook. <laughs> all right, solve oh, yeah. these bitches. I love it. <laughs> all right, let's let's click again. Yeah, bundle experience. Ooh, the lovely bundle experience. Uh, is this a game where you get XP for buying fucking humble bundles and never playing the games to come with them? Because <laughs> I would have- I would be so fucking OP at that game. Um, okay. I see this as maybe you and your partner have decided to adopt a baby. Okay, a little bundle of joy. Yep. And so, you bring home- you bring home the bundle. Mm-hmm. And it's it's all about um, whoever's got the most experience, uh, sort of like it's a it's maybe a catch co op game that you can you can sort of have like competitions <laughs> between between you and your partner to, I to lo- see sorry, who I, can. I, yeah, I I like where you're going. I literally I love the idea of a couch co op game about raising a child. That is awesome. So neither neither you or your partner are are the biological parents. So therefore, you don't have that sort of maybe predisposed um, gene that's sort of turned on to say, yeah, I know how to have a mother or father. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah I, look, you're, you're both coming into this with the same level of experience to start with, basically. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like, you're on the same level. Yeah. Uh, there, is <laughs> there is something slightly off about, like, competing against your partner to raise your child better, but we'll, we'll run with it, I think. I really still do um, like the idea. <laughs> so what I'm sort of thinking is you've got like a competition to see who can who can quickly get to the um get to the pantry, open the jar and like do the aeroplane <laughs> sort of thing with the with the <laughs> with the food. I like the idea of this being kind of a or- bunch of competitive WarioWare style mini games. Not quite wa- yep. not WarioWare style in the way of three seconds or whatever, but just or maybe more like Mario Party ish or something where it's just a bunch yep. of mini games, micro games. Micro games. <laughs> and so <laughs> it's, it's like yeah, you got you got to open the jar. Like there's a certain you know maybe that's the fucking palm killing spin your bloody thumb the thumbstick uh, as fast as you can move. <laughs> come on, come on, get this fucking thing up. Um, and then you literally like you have to aim the airplane spoons into the mouth or like time them when the child has their mouth open. And so because I'm just picturing like the aftermath of this mini game is just food everywhere, which is realistic. Um, yeah, as, definitely. As you both. Try- <laughs> Both trying to, like, get this child to eat fucking mashed peas or whatever. And then, yeah, you've got, like, nappy-changing games, which are all about precision wiping and folding and- um, um, making- what, what I'm picturing with that, though, is you literally don't, like- You get almost, like, an over-the-top view, so- Yeah, I don't um, think we're with, showing with, like, baby perfect, With, like, a perfectly placed, like, lampshade or something like that, so that you can't quite see anything, but you, you get enough of, of the sort of movement, so- yeah. I'm thinking maybe you can knock your partner out of the way to, to sort of get in because you, you're basically <laughs> both trying to um both trying to. I like the idea that it's almost a, a surgeon simulator esque thing where you're both controlling one hand and having to <laughs> do the better, like the more precise job of putting this nappy on and wiping. And then yeah, it is somewhat covered up, and so when you finish, it like reveals 
how good you, how well you did. Uh, and it's just this like nappy that's all over the place, and there's still like shit running down the baby's leg. <laughs> okay, so I've got an idea. Um, one of the, one of the levels is like the nighttime feed. Okay, so you're, you're both in bed and you're both trying to kick the other one out of bed so that they've got to go and do, <laughs> deal with it. <laughs> no, actually, what it is is you're both trying to convince the other that you're still asleep, that you haven't been the one who's woken up and realised what's happening. <laughs> so it's like this kind of timing thing of, all right, should I open my eyes? No, okay, wait. I'll be quite really quiet, you know. And it's whoever. But can- what is the time? <laughs> but what is the time? <laughs> whose turn? Whose turn is it? Wait, I can't remember who did it last time. Uh, like- we did the last snore. Quick, snore again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, that could be some tricky gameplay, but it's very realistic. And, but I think what what you're also trying to do is um, whoever ends ends say this first week or whatever it is that you that you're running through yep. with the most experience, yet also the most sleep. Um. <laughs> well, I think sleep is a resource, right? Um, yeah. Sleep actually, like as maybe as you do things, you get exhausted. Like your exhaustion goes up, or your whatever your like alertness goes and down. You're more prone to mistakes. Yeah, and so you've got like slightly less control over that nappy changing hand, or or that you know um, airplane flying hand, or whatever. <laughs> um, so yeah, sleep is really a resource. Uh, I think from a gameplay perspective, that makes a lot of sense, as well as a real-life perspective. This is, I think this yeah. is so far the most realistic baby rearing game we've, that has ever been made. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I really like that. Um, sorry, I'm just thinking about it from a Mario Party point of view, whether you can go to more than two players. Uh, and we'll just go down the whole polyamory, poly- or like, well, no, that's not, necessary, not necessarily polyamory, but- not- I'm fine with that, but it could just be co-parenting amongst, you know, in a communal sense. <laughs> Everyone's going to raise this child. Um, DLC, that'll do. <laughs> DLC is where we bring in the alien babies. Oh, we've done that a lot. That's, that's that's one of our trademarks by this point is raising alien babies. Raising alien babies, anthropomorphic babies, or- <laughs> Well, yeah. <laughs> the, the game where in you VR. play as the baby trying to get away- Oh, that's that's how you add the third player in. They're the baby trying to. They're the baby, and the, and it is in VR. They're in VR. Oh god, <laughs> the that baby could be player scary. is in VR, and so they literally just see these like huge fucking human things coming Unclosed down, things coming out, trying to like <laughs> grope them to change their nappy and like throw fucking mush in their face. Three, two, one, click. Yeah. Tender helicopter. <laughs> Tender helicopter. <laughs> Um. <laughs> I'm just picturing, <laughs> for some reason, like a helicopter flying. Try and you've got to try and give a massage to someone with with like the blades. With the blades. <laughs> so it's basically you got to get close enough to give him like like an air massage sort of thing. So you're getting close and you're getting that, <laughs> that wind whipping up. Oh my god! <laughs> um, I mean, that would be challenging. I'm not sure there's much gameplay there. <laughs> Um, <laughs> in VR. <laughs> May, uh, hmm, do you remember the old game? What was that game we had to like pick up the um, probably army men or whatever and return them to the base? Chop was it just called Chopper? Chopper Command or something? Chopper. I think it was Chopper. something like that. Anyway, um, I'm thinking that, but it's like you're also matchmaking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're having to find. 
you're having to, like, to pick people up and drop them off and hope that they just start kissing. Um, tenderly. Yeah, maybe not. Um, another way that you could take tender mm-hmm. is oh. all about tenderizing meat. Yes. Okay. With the helicopter. So I'm picturing that you've you've got your you've got your helicopter. Mm-hmm. As we all do. As you all do. Um and you've been given like the job of transporting this meat from um the butcher mm-hmm. to like I'm thinking sort of like an Amazon drone sort of thing. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, so this is more of a mini drone kind of helicopter than a Passenger helicopter. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, the idea being that you pick up the meat mm-hmm. and then you tenderize it on the way by like knocking Banging into it things. into things. <laughs> so, it's just like, it's not even in a bag or anything or box. It's just raw meat. That could be part um, of it. Like, you have to bang it on the right things so that it doesn't get so dirty that it'll kill them when they eat it. Yeah. Or as long as you wash it before you get there. I'm kind of picturing, yeah, I like, I'm kind of picturing like a side scrolling, um, Side scroller, <laughs> a side scrolling side scroller. Yeah. Who would have thought? Well, yeah, you're kind of you've got like you've basically got a stake hanging from a claw from your helicopter from your little drone, and you can bang <laughs> it on things or drag it on the ground. And you've got a tender meter, um, but you can also like like fly it through a fountain to, to clean it off. <laughs> yep. So I'm picturing sort of like if you remember, I am bread. Um, how that had like a, a cleanliness meter as well as like a toast meter, yes. and you could get two tender, or you could, you know, I, I like the idea of you've got different ways of cleaning it off, but you can also like tenderize the living bejesus out of it, and it goes too tender, and then, oh, of course, you know, it's it's not acceptable to well, and it probably to, just um, starts to like customer. break apart or something. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it probably just yeah starts to disintegrate if you over tenderize it. God. I'm just imagining how like how awesome the graphics could actually be in that in that two D size scrolling um, sort of aspect, but having it like uh, that two point five D sort of thing mm. where you get the um you get the three D models. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. Oh god. With today's graphics and a and a relatively simple, as in the, you don't have to render too much stuff, but you render it beautifully. That steak yeah. is glistening, and every scrap of dirt and all the ants that you pick up by trying to tenderize it across <laughs> the concrete. Are rendered beautifully, perfectly. You just really don't want to drag it through that dog shit. Well, that's the risk. Exactly. It's like, oh shit, we're nearly, and, we're and nearly can, in the customer's house. You can house. wash that all you want, but you, you're not they're, getting rid of that shit. They're still, that shit they're smell. They're still going <laughs> to taste it. It's still there. It's it's buried in that steak forever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I like that idea. I like it, the idea of it being high-res graphics. Um Different types of meat need, you know, different levels of tenderization. Yeah, because you're not going to tenderize the hell out of a chicken breast because, no, I mean- No, you just need to whack that against a few gargoyles that you fly past. I don't know. I'm trying to think of things that you would even <laughs> whack it on. <laughs> In the background, you just see, like, um, that gremlin gargoyle from uh, Gremlins and the New Batch. Oh, of course. <laughs> I mean, wherever there's gargoyles, he's there. Yeah. All right, let's click again. <laughs> Three to one click. Wrapping. Promise. Wrapping with a W, by the way. Okay. I feel like this is about anniversary gifts or something. Or okay, a yep. or wedding gifts, maybe. What do you- Because, I don't know, I'm trying to think of- I mean, yeah, obviously wrapping could go with different things, but I'm thinking gifts. I'm trying to think of where the game is, though. And it's not just wrapping like what we did last time. We, it was wrapping like a, a helicopter or whatever it was. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think it's a just, jet fighter. <laughs> I don't think this is actually about wrapping the presents. I think it's about 
what's in the presents. Maybe it's like to do with a wedding registry. And um, oh, I feel like there's something quite, not quite there, but sort of on the tip of my brain about like filling, like getting the right gifts for a wedding registry or something. And uh, I don't know. Okay. Maybe it's a what match, match three. What about this? All right, go. Picture this. It's E3. Yes, it is. Very and topical of you. You're you're working for a you know random brand that something has been promised mm-hmm. um, to to everyone, and the person who was supposed to present has fallen sick. God damn it, Gabe Newell! We all knew what it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm just picturing that no one actually knows what this massive present is on stage. So um, okay. There's just a massive present, and it's got something to do with um, with the promise that you know a certain game would be shown at this at this thing, and then it's all about um, sort of vamping on <laughs> on what the, what the topic oh, okay. is. So, it, uh, <laughs> right, so nobody knows what the game is that they're going to show. Well, you you get an idea as to what the promise was that they that they're going to unveil. Sort of like if it was say a Bethesda, and they promised to to unveil something about um, Fallout seventy six. Mm-hmm. Well, you know that. You got to say something about Fallout seventy six, but somehow you've also got to bring in whatever's in the present into into the um, the speech that you're making. Oh, now, I see. So you're the one who has to present it now. Yeah, you're the presenter because the real presenter's gone sick. You know what I think this game is? What the part the party game the the take home version of Bitstorm, <laughs> <laughs> where <laughs> you're at home. You're 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 it's. It's, a, it's Saturday night and you've got all your friends over for board games and you're like, all right, let's kick this off with a few rounds of click pitch. Bitstorm edition. And you you pick like two cards randomly from a deck and then yep. you, you, that one person has to present as if they were presenting that game at E3. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone gives them points or something on how well they did. Um, I think what you, what you can then have is um, there's- a special prize that is actually talked about in the um in the instruction manual. When you actually read through it, it says that the host needs to wrap a present. Okay. In the final round, the two people who have um who have come like first and closest, second, yep, got the most first points. Second, yep. Um, they have they have to do a presentation with the cards that they get yep. and also incorporate what's what's in the present. Well, okay. I what I like actually there is I like the idea of the present, but I think the present is. You put two cards, like Cluedo style, you put two cards without looking at them into the present, which is maybe a little box that comes with it, with yep. the game. And instead of the previous rounds, which was pretty standard click pitch sort of thing, in this one, they have to talk about this game without knowing what the card, what's on the cards. Um, <laughs> and then and when the, they get to the, the end, end they- after each of their presentations, you reveal, and whoever's presentation worked best for those cards wins. Um, or maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. Maybe you've got a different set of cards, which are like made-up versions of games themselves. Like so, that's not as random as just two words. Maybe we, it comes with a deck of like fifty cards that are all. You know, present cards. parodies <laughs> parodies of existing games or something. So you know, you've got like uh, quarter life. I don't know. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense in context <laughs> of whatever. But like, yeah, it, it, we'll we'll have writers come up with the parodies. But they're, they're obvious parodies of existing games, so that the audience generally knows what that game is, which will just make it even funnier. Then when you know 
the uh, the presenter, without knowing what the game was, was talking about the uh, you know amazing graphics and post apocalyptic you know style blah blah blah, and it turns out that it's The Sims or whatever. That could be that could be <laughs> quite cool. So this is this is literally a take home um, card version, physical card version of the game Click Pitch. Yeah, exactly. I think we With should. A couple of I think we should print in. this and take its packs. <laughs> I would play it. Well, we do play it, but yes, we play it every week. We okay, are, we are the take home version. <laughs> you can take me home. All right, let's go. You can take me home anytime you want, Ben. I'm married, Trevor. Sorry to break it to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, assembling hardback. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, my mind immediately goes to books, of course. Yeah, definitely. What else has a hardback? Turtles. You could be. <laughs> You could be assembling robotic <laughs> turtles. <laughs> of the um, Teenage Mutant kind. <laughs> or uh, like armadillos. Yep. Uh, Insects have, have exoskeletons. Back. I don't know why you're assembling I mean, them. I mean, it could be it could be about someone who's got a, a bad army of robot tortoises. I don't know, but- uh, um, I'll get nothing. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, okay, me neither. Three, two, one. Timer. Compilation. Compilation. Yeah. Oh. Compilation. This is- Okay, so you know how when we were teenagers, and I don't think I actually did this to anyone because I was a lonely shy boy, but uh, people would make mixtapes for each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they'd be on either cassette tape or, as we got a bit older, on CD. Yep. Uh, but this was, you know, there's sort of a skill involved- and you want to choose the right songs and you want to make sure that, I don't know whether you're trying to send, what sort of message you're trying to send. Now, these millennials, <laughs> no way, <laughs> more, more the Gen Zs, uh, but in this day and age, this, this sort of thing is all digital, right? It's not physical media. You're making like Spotify playlists for each other and yep. people are much less patient. Kids are much less patient. So- I'm thinking it's it's a time-based playlist-making game. Okay. Where you are making it for a either romantic interest or friendly interest or whatever. Like, you're trying to send a message through this um, through this playlist, through this mixtape, but you've got a certain amount of time because otherwise they're going to get bored. It's like, come on, I've received 350 tweets in the time it sent you to make this playlist. Go away. Okay, so now I'm just wondering, are we also going to- be able to do some mashups in there. Ooh. I mean, that's real pro-level stuff, but sure. So, basically, you've got to sort of beat match and- Oh, you um, actually- You literally have to do it. Yeah. I'm, th- I'm thinking that it's <laughs> it's sort of like a um a harder version of, like, the DJ hero. Mm-hmm. Or a bit <laughs> of, got- a bit of uh, drop mix in there. Yeah. Element, elements like of drop mix. Maybe this is just a drop mix contest. <laughs> we have to switch the cards out the right way to, <laughs> to gain someone's affection. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. That was my idea. Yeah, I got nothing. Don't think it's going anywhere, but <laughs> damn those kids. Get off my lawn. All right. Please do click. Bubble. Galaxy. Ooh, a bubble galaxy. Ooh, I feel some interesting narrative things around galaxy in a bubble. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm now I'm, I'm starting to picture like a, um, a macroverse sort of, sort of thing. Hmm. Where maybe um, scientists realise that we're actually the the top level of a, of a bunch of galaxies, that we're actually the largest 
sort of um oh and we group. like and if contain other if you shrink down um and you actually find out that like there's multiple little galaxies that you can actually find throughout um so like in between the electrons in our molecules and our atoms there are like entire other galaxies other universes yeah i i think that when you when you actually shrink down mm-hmm. um and you know compress the space in between the um in between the atoms and you you actually find out that there's actually like in some in some circumstances there are bubble universes or bubble galaxies that you can you can enter and explore you can see and and they they each have like a different um a different Flavor. selection of of um laws of physics ooh okay so how do you find them just by shrinking how many are, how many are there? Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> there are literally only eleven bubbles in the entire <laughs> the entire galaxy or in the entire universe, <laughs> and they all happen to be <laughs> on this dude's in this, face. They all happen to be in this bath <laughs> amongst all my other bubbles. Eleven of the bubbles in this bubble bath contain universes. Find them. But don't burst them. Needle in a haystack. Don't burst them. You will kill billions of beings. (laughs) Um, I do like, there's something there around, there's something very anthropocentric, anthrocentric, anthrocentric, I guess, about the fact that our universe is like the top one. (laughs) Ours is the top. (laughs) Ours is the biggest, best. I'm Trump. Biggest and best. We're the biggest. Doesn't there mean could, it's the best. There could be no universes bigger than ours. What's well, a trumpet does? But anyway, that's an interesting idea that within our universe- Or I love the idea that that's just scientists for you. Like, that's just men. That's just humans for you. It's like, oh, we found all these smaller universes inside our own universe. We must be the biggest one. <laughs> <laughs> Without even thinking about the, con- the possibility that we could just be a tiny bubble in someone's fucking giant bubble bath. Uh, um. Now I'm picturing that um that episode of Futurama where remember how they had the the universe in a box, yeah yeah and and they they pulled their own their own box universe into, into the that box. into the universe and so when they squashed the universe like everything sort of squashed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was also thinking of that Rick and Morty episode where he created universes inside the batteries, right? Yeah, because um, that that's actually where my mind went initially that somehow there are these. Yeah, within certain objects, there are these other entire universes that you find your way into. Uh, yeah, look, I like the narrative possibilities of just finding universes within our own. Uh, I don't think we've managed to really take it in an interesting direction where we can build a story out of it, but uh, we had some laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> did we? Three to one click. <laughs> I did. But did we? But is this show funny or have we done 79 episodes for nothing? All right. Three to one click. Habit. Exploration. Now, my mind went in a really <laughs> bad direction. Same here. So, let's not go in the none direction. <laughs> that was it, yes. We'll, have, we'll be having none of that. Um, three, two, one, click. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know. I can't get my mind out of it now. And, um, you can't get your mind off of nuns. Like, I'm just and in, them, them exploring in the habit. Yeah, I'm in the habit of the nun, nun stuff. Um, I mean, what else, what else is habitual about exploring? Let's see. So I'm just wondering if, like, this is set where you're looking for Doctor Livingston. I presume. Okay. Yes. Um, 
and the reason why you're looking for him is because he's he's got like um he's a habit forming sort of doctor that <laughs> okay you you you're wanting him to um you have a feeling that if he if he meets up with like some cannibals then he's going to actually you know turn into a habitual like human eater <laughs> or you know he he's very um he's very susceptible to to okay. habits so you're trying to <laughs> You're trying to save Dr. Livingston from his own, from himself, because you know that if he comes across any vice that he's into, like <laughs> eating human flesh, any vice, <laughs> then, uh, then, uh, he will, uh, he will take it to the level of, of, take it to the extreme to his own detriment. Um, and it started early on, you know, where, where you've, Saw him like try smoking once, and then all of a sudden he's like a five pack a day sort of character. So when you started <laughs> when you started saying this one, my thought actually was that you're a patient of Doctor Livingston, yeah. Who before he explored Africa, were like he was your GP, and you don't want anyone else <laughs> to look at that weird rash on the back of your knee. So you are hunting him down just so you can say, Doesn't it "Look like it's getting worse." <laughs> Like, can you prescribe me some antibiotics? Have they not been invented yet? I mean, I know we're in the middle of deepest, darkest Africa, but hey, Doc, give me something here. Or maybe it's an RTS. (laughs) 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 We got to find, we got to get, we got to find a good last game here, man. Yeah, same here. Yeah, that's what I think. Three to one click. Evening. Bird. Evening bird. It's a bird of the evening. Yeah, I don't think we should do a prostitute bird game. <laughs> don't you want to click? I wasn't thinking that. Yeah, you were. I know you were. Commercial. Surgery. <laughs> no. Oh, God. My mind just went to, like, late night commercials. Yep. And, and like, some- Guy, it's sort of like a surgeon simulator sort of thing where you're creating a, c- a commercial for the, the sort of surgeries that you perform. I'm Dr. Nick. Hi, Dr. Nick. <laughs> for just another $19.99, I'll also remove your appendix. <laughs> now, that's not a game, though. All right. I'm doing something we never do. Switching to verb. Oh, shit. These are all terrible. Here we go. Seed. Correspondence. Now, this is the verb to seed via correspondence. Mm-hmm. So, you're obviously a sperm donor. <laughs> that wasn't obvious. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you think of when you see the word seed, but I think of semen. I think of someone, I don't know, sending um, carrot seeds in, in like, <laughs> in the mail. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This episode is going weird. Probably because I've had too much to drink. And that's 11 o'clock at night. Seed correspondence. Okay. Are you two seeds talking to each other via email? No, because that, that'd be a noun. You said verb. Are you two seeds seeding each other? Oh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> fuck, that's not it, is it? All right. I'm going to treat this one as a noun, even though it came up as a verb. Bear. <laughs> Abortion. No! No, Trevor! <laughs> Come on, watch- I'm trying to find something we can actually use here. Turn into a game. <laughs> Fuck me! And then abort the bear baby. It comes from that because you're a bear and you're hairy. I don't know. Okay, you keep bear. Yeah, I'll keep bear. Pupil. 
Oh, I like the idea that you're teaching someone to be a bear. <laughs> now, is this a bear in the gay parlance? Oh, well, I mean, it could be. We, I mean, we obviously talked up front about all our characters being gay. Um, how do you teach someone to be a bear? The problem is that I'm not gay and I don't know enough many gay people. Um, I'm really not that fluent in the culture. No, but I, I think I think this could be maybe maybe it's it's an informa- informative game about gay culture. Okay. So the pupil being the person actually playing the game. All right. Look, I like the idea of this. Is the problem? Look, there are so many games that I want to see with representation of people who are not usually represented in games, as I spoke about at the beginning. And I just do not feel qualified to come up with those stories because I would love to see the I, I would love to see a game, some sort of narrative game of a uh, of someone being taken under the wing of somebody else in the gay cult community and teaching them the ways, well, not the ways, but teaching them about yeah, like LGBT culture and them discovering themselves. Like that would be an awesome game, and I feel like someone could write something really amazing, and it's not me. Um, no. But I would fucking play the shit out of a point-and-click adventure like that. It'd be awesome. Or like yeah, a I mean, Life is I mean, Strange-esque thing, or I don't know, you know, fucking Telltale game. I would fucking love that game. <sighs> again, I don't think we could create it. Three, two, one, click. Uh, all right, here's something we can do, something benign with. Golf. Assessment. Oh, that's boring. Click again. <sighs> I want something interesting to do with golf. Just not many things. Leech. Leech golf. (laughs) (laughs) So, how do leeches play golf? There's a game where you have to, like, suction one end of yourself to the golf ball and, like, fling it somehow (laughs) in a leech-like fashion. Um, uh, Maybe you're just a leech in, like, the water, the lake on the golf course. And when when people hit their balls in there, it's like, yes, I'm going to feast tonight. (laughs) <laughs> on plastic <laughs> No, when they come in to get the balls They try to get oh. them out They don't eat um, the plastic, eat the golf ball So, I'm, I'm picturing that You, you the leech mm-hmm. You're on the first hole And you want to get to Like, um, say The 18th hole Of course Because there's something something amazing there We all do, yeah um, But unfortunately, the person that um, Is playing Golf, and you just happen to choose this this um this golf ball to to stick to mm-hmm. is tremendously bad at golf. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's just taking so, it forever. It's like twelve shots per hole. Yeah. So what what I'm picturing is that you've got to choose um, where to sort of line up on the on the golf ball to sort of help <laughs> maneuver the ball, like and get extra drag going in a certain direction. <laughs> it's just purely physics based. Like, how would a single leech affect the 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 path of a golf ball hit by a terrible golfer? That <laughs> that's intense. I like it, um, <laughs> and it's all about the grip and all that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah, as well. you have to like hold on. Yeah, you have to be continuously like pulling the triggers left and right or something to hold on. Um, well, I'm picturing a bit of Iron Bread again with the, like that sort of flinging motion between the between the the, the front and back of the leech to get around. Okay. Uh, and that could come into play even while you're on the golf ball, like flying through the air. I think it, you probably have to get a bit of slow motion going, right? So you're affecting it in the air. Okay. 
taking the idea of <clears throat> leech golf. Mm-hmm. So we'll just we'll just leave that the golf game, the physics golf game. That's fine. So here's another way that you could take it. All right. This this is a game in which you uh, you have one player who hits the leeches, <laughs> okay. and the other players have to run around and not get hit, <laughs> not by, get the person. hit by the leeches. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. Are you still trying to get him in a hole as well? Um, no, I think you, you, all you're trying to do is hit hit the other players. Uh, I, although I kind of I kind of like the idea that it is sort of a regular golf game, but also if you choose, instead of hitting your ball, you can hit a leech. So, like, if someone hits a really good shot and they're out in front of you, then instead of trying to hit the neck, your next shot better so it goes further, you can just, like, hit a leech at them. And it, like, <laughs> drains their blood and oh, they get God. a penalty on their next shot. Um, okay. It could I also be, one more. It could also be <laughs> vampire golf because they're kind of leeches. <laughs> so, it's the same game, but you hit Draculas at each other. <laughs> <laughs> and it's set at night. <laughs> and they can turn into bats to, to like, get a little bit of extra light. Get a little bit of extra, extra lift. Yeah. Three, I love it. two, one. <laughs> okay, let's click again. Parrot. Territorial. All right. So, uh, I mean, parrots, par- you know, like, parrots don't strike me as particularly violent creatures. Mm-hmm. What about a rabbit? Uh, a rabid parrot. A rabbit parrot. No, a <laughs> rabid. <laughs> as in, it's got rabies. <laughs> yeah, I knew what you meant. Um, uh, just call it Cujo the parrot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was trying to think, like, what's distinct about parrots? They're colourful and they can learn words. Maybe the territory of these parrots relies on the words that they learn or something. So, it's kind of a game of mimicry where maybe there's a, maybe there's a bit of, like, um, sword, like, uh, insult sword fighting in there. Where, okay. as a parrot, to push someone else's territory back, you have to learn the right words to counter their words. Like, parrots can't learn that many words. They can only learn phrases they overhear. And so, mm-hmm. you have to learn the right phrase to counter someone else's phrase. Oh, God. <laughs> so, you obviously live in a neighbourhood of parrot lovers. Yeah. So, there are people around too. Uh, and maybe you've got, like, a phrase gathering period. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm reaching here, but we're trying to find something that works. Fuck me. We haven't had this trouble in, not trouble in ages. You know what I think it is? Mm-hmm. It's 11.07 p.m. <laughs> yep. And we're both fucking tired. <laughs> yeah, probably doesn't help. Probably doesn't help. Three, two, one, click. All right. Perforation. Jesus, what complexity are you on? I'm on average. Finger. Finger perforation. Uh, <laughs> now, this is either a perforated finger, which is a bit gross, <laughs> or it's to do... <laughs> With coupons, <laughs> we have to tear them out without tearing them with your fingers. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm now picturing this is just totally oh, stupid, no. but this is where my mind yep, is gone. Yep, that's where we're so, at. So, it, it's a universe in in which, like, everyone's hands have have like perforations <laughs> right at where right at where the fingers like join to to like the palm. Okay, um, and you know your fingers work perfectly. You've got, you know, perforations that- um, <laughs> Just basically make it very, very easy weak. to tear off. Very easy to tear off. It doesn't hurt you at all. 
but it just means that you've got to be very careful because... You, because you can't put them back on still. You can't put them back on. Now, <laughs> this is... <laughs> Sorry, I just I this love this a- idea of a world where most people are missing most of their fingers. Like, the older you are, the more fingers you have missing. That's... That's basically a way to tell how long someone's been around, unless they've been in a horrible- yeah, by how many fingers they've lost. Yeah. Um, so, I'm picturing that this is this is sort of a, a competitive game. Okay. <laughs> in which your whole idea is to collect as many fingers as you can. <laughs> you got to collect them? <laughs> From other people. <laughs> so, so in, I mean, in a world like this, that person is just a complete asshole. Handshakes. Um. <laughs> right, yeah. You like you shake hands too hard. You, you're like you're in love with someone, and you do that thing where you like interlock your fingers, and suddenly none of you have any fingers left. <laughs> here's the church. Here's the steeple. Oh fuck! <laughs> T- turn it over, and I just lost all my fingers. I just lost all my people. They fell on the floor. They fell out of the church. Come back, people. Um. <laughs> Don't even start on babies. Like, those little fuckers will take your whole hand where the finger's off. They like to grab shit. Uh, yep. So, I mean, I could kind of picture this as a- I'm trying to think how the gameplay would work on a game like this. I feel like this is- a, so, Yeah. So, I'm picturing now that it's, it's a narrative game, not a competitive multiplayer Oh, okay. Um, and you're basically uh, showing the year and a life of this one guy in this universe. <laughs> Okay. How many fingers so does he the- start? How many fingers does he start with? Nine. Okay, that, that's about right. So he's only lost one. <clears throat> yeah, he's had a pretty good life so far. Um, and what he actually lost it to was like the most innocuous sort of sort of thing that you can think of. Yeah, he was just like um, leaning on it and then pulled his hand away. <laughs> <laughs> he put his hand in gum and then was like trying to shake it off, yeah. and just like his little finger just came yeah. off. <laughs> yeah, and look, at least it was just his little finger. Um. So I'm I'm just picturing that there's you can take it through like a whole heap of different scenarios that he goes through in this in this year and just have like a, a look into his year <laughs> Sorry, I'm just his like- year um <laughs> go on I'm, I'm picturing that his boyfriend is um has like seven fingers or something like that so was a little bit more yeah um, and look he's only 22 like that's pretty you know that's quite a few fingers to have been missing by 22 but um uh, but you know he 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 uh, i'm trying to think of what else would take a perforated finger off i mean anything Um, most things industrial accidents um, that'll take anyone's finger off even in our world um it's like escalators (laughs) oh now, now I'm just picturing that you know he goes like, to put his ha- he goes to put his hand in in the elevator to try and stop it at yeah, one stage. Yeah, yeah just without thinking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just fucking love this idea. It's the world where the only thing is different is that everyone's fingers come off real easily. Like basically, like everyone's fingers are one of those pieces of paper that you find on telephone poles. That's like free guitar lessons. Please take a number. Um, please take a finger. Um, later on in the game, you actually find out that. Fingers aren't the only things that are perforated. <laughs> uh, and we'll end on that one. <laughs> yeah, I think we're done. Jesus, fuck. I was thinking toes. I don't know what you were thinking of. No, you weren't. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Thank you for joining Jack us Johnson. this week on Pitstorm. <laughs> if you want to find us on the internet, <laughs> we are on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. We have a Facebook group. Facebook.com slash group slash Pitstorm. <laughs> we have a YouTube channel. Search for Pitstorm or point, click, repeat. We're also on Podchaser where you can rate us, you can review us, you can add us to lists soon, you can... You can listen to us on a bunch of different integrated players and things with more to come. Awesome. We're also on iTunes, where you can, and we would love it if you could rate and review us on there and even subscribe to us while you're there. We've got a website, bitstormcast.com. We've got friends at the AGPN. Yay. The Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Um, They're a group of awesome people. We'd like you to check them out by searching... Hashtag AGPN on Twitter or the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook. We'd like to thank Kurudust for the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure, because it's just awesome. Thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And look, how would anybody make it past puberty? (laughs) My penis. Jesus Christ, you got me. Holy fuck. I just did not see that coming. (laughs) That was great.